I never thought about that angle because we never talked about it. The classroom like, had 10, 10 students in total yeah. because of the high military uh, applications to it. And I think from the 10, cla- from the 10 people in the class, uh, I think he told me like eight, seven or eight of them died within two years. Old mysterious oh. deaths, car accidents, oh uh, yeah, yeah. burglary. And he was from Colombia, so yeah. you never know. Exactly. And uh, so immediately after that, my mom was diagnosed with um, lungs fibrosis. Oh no, I'm so sorry. And those days there were absolutely no treatment, nothing. It's like watching you know, the countdown going mm. on. So uh, the doctor would say that anything can happen any moment. Mm. Every time I would be taking her out of the hospital, I'll be signing the bond. So that time I thought it's time I come back to India because at that age you don't want anybody, you know, to feel unsupported, lonely or, you know, left alone. So I came back to India. And uh, by the way, I didn't, I have, I was from a single parent family anyway, because my father left when I was four years old. Mm. He just one suddenly morning, he decided I'm going to be a monk. Mm. So he left the family, he walked out. So I did not have sibling. Is he still alive today or? He is. And he's still a monk. He's still a monk, but that's another story. Okay. Well, you know, so, work for him and work for him. Because my, see, my mom was 18 and he was 30. Mm-hmm. So when they got married to you, it was arranged marriage in India. Mm-hmm. So 18, a girl has very different dreams. Sure. And 30-year-old man is very different ambitions and goals in life. So they never matched. And my mom came from a business family and he came from a spiritual family where his grandfather also left the family Mm. to be a monk. Like it goes in the family, in the genes. So actually my friends tell me like even now that Navana, even you have the dilemma whether to do business or to do Monk, meditate. To, to go to spirituality? So, yeah, in between. I always. Think, isn't there only men that can become babas? I don't think there's any female babas, is there? Uh, no, um, the female are called witches and burnt yeah, in states, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the Vaders, from what I understood, doesn't even, allow, doesn't even recommend women doing yoga, right? So... <laughs> Uh, even today, you see most of the motivational speakers or the gurus, they are all men, most of them. Mm. It's hardly because you're being a woman, you're objectified mm. most of the time. Mm. Like you see a man posting on social media and everybody's like, oh, I can relate to this. Even I'm going through the same. It's great. The moment from my experience, I will post most of the comments would come. You look nice. <laughs> But what is your feed like? Is it is your analytics more men or more women in your in your account? Um, I can tell you right now. More men. Nine, more men. Ours is ninety percent men. More men, yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. I don't. Maybe men use more social media than women. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. But maybe they follow more fashion accounts. I think so. Because I can tell you right now, ours is ninety percent men. Yeah, it's true. So we don't now, get comments on comment. We don't get a lot of. Uh, we don't get comments either on our posts. We we get DMs, which is hmm. bizarre. Hmm. Like people won't like if they like something or disagree with something. Yeah, they won't put it in the comments. They're D- yeah. they yeah. DM you. Yeah, like yeah, but it's, it's not like a question. It's yeah. just a statement. Like. <laughs> So, I don't know. Yeah, like, are you meant to respond to that? Do they want you just to yeah. see it? Like, what's what's going on in their head? See, I think, for example, my most of my clients come from LinkedIn. Uh-huh. And I feel there I get more quality comments and interactions. 
Okay. Whereas, uh, really, do yeah, you? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I've seen some of the comments I've seen on LinkedIn. They're all kind of like, uh, you know. <laughs> I get a lot of like business contacts and work and everything through LinkedIn mostly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I've, Facebook is rubbish for me. Facebook is terrible. Instagram is is medium for me. It's yeah, midway. Midway, especially for content creators, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um LinkedIn it's, Yeah. I don't know. Because uh, maybe because I also work a lot with universities. Mhm. So you know professors, deans, all the intellectual crowd, I get more on they're not on Insta or maybe if they are they're in a different yeah, yeah, account yeah, yeah. in a they different have, way. Uh, I don't know. Username. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, so I'll have to finish the story. So uh yeah, so I came back to India, then my mom passes away. My condolences. So that's the time uh, yeah I realized there was absolutely nobody from family mm. who came forward because they were so scared like you know what if I ask for money okay finances <laughs> okay I like how that's the privilege Yeah so I would get comments you know I have seen her in such good condition health condition you know it hurts to see her like this now or something like you know we have our own families so we cannot mm. be there Okay all accepted everything done friends turned out to be more a family for me mm-hmm. than the bloodline family mm-hmm. so anyway so do you have any relatives left or yeah not connected not no connected at all interaction after my mom passed away then you suddenly it hits you okay i don't have anybody in this world you are coming back home by yourself empty dark apartment and business is gone by that time because so much time was gone after my mom nursing her no sibling relatives far gone friends yeah once in a while but you know it was getting into that depression isolation this was what year grief it has been already what now 9 years okay. 8 9 years now. okay so it was before covid okay yeah 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 of course 2016 whatever so what do i do at that time I got married. Okay. <laughs> the first man I met. Because you know in a way subconsciously if I look back I realize now I was looking for emotional dependence. Somebody there in the life. I was so exhausted with life. I'm like there should be somebody driving the car in the driver's seat. I can rest in the back seat now, which I didn't realize it will never happen in life. You have to drive your own car. Mm. So this guy walks in and uh, I get married. Uh he was from New Zealand, Indian from New Zealand. He was also into spirituality because during my mom's illness, you know, you are asking for questions, answers, looking for answers, you are looking for some comfort. So you start going to all these workshops and healing and this and that and you end up learning so much. So I met him in a spiritual workshop somewhere. Amazing, we were in the same path, get married. We started making uh, you know, uh spiritual science workshops all over India. The fan following actually grew. you know we were doing uh, workshops in turkey in new zealand in different cities of india amazing success and i was the one doing the concept marketing everything so you were back end he was front end he was the, he was he loved to be in the center of stage and i didn't mind okay but i could see any time i would be speaking he would be upset okay you know if people are like oh we would have loved to hear you more 
and I three years was lived together because I wanted to make sure that you know I'm stepping in the right thing. The day we got married, the next day everything changed. Okay. And um, they, it was very abusive, physically abusive, mentally abusive, every way. But still, you once you're married, you start thinking, you know, I'll make it work. Maybe tomorrow things will change. It's so hard to pack your bags and to walk out. We had a girl on the show who was nine years married to an abusive uh, husband, boyfriend. And uh, she finally left after he threatened to kill her. Yeah, yeah. That came to the point for me as well. One day when he actually strangled me, I was like, okay, Navani, this is what you tell your clients. This is becoming a pattern. Because the first time, I, because the next moment he would come and be like, you know, begging me, holding my feet. That, oh, it was a mistake. I don't know what happened. Everything was dark in front of my eyes and I hit you and this and that. The worst happened when I found out that in the name of the spiritual workshops, he was doing girl trafficking. Mm. Because uh, he Girl trafficking be, as in sex shops or girl trafficking as selling and buying? Both. I don't know the de detail of it, but I'll tell you what happened. What I heard is... Um, because he would go to you know to the mountains okay but to meditate aren't most but aren't most of the girls that show up to i mean most of the events there are for women right there's not most, a lot of guys yeah most of them are women who are vulnerable okay who are not happy in their life oh so he's using the clients that come in to then sell to other people interesting okay yeah, quite yeah. the businessman <laughs> yeah yeah and i don't know he was mixing something with whatever you know he was giving out as prasad or whatever uh, because where, whenever you would be going for meditation in the hills or, you know, clients come to see you, meet you. So they would be coming to meet him in the hotel room, obviously. Uh, uh, just, like, <laughs> just like now, right? The next thing, they would wake up and naked on the bed. And he would tell them that, you know, I have put my seed in you to blast all the negative energy. Well, this is God's way of healing you. Okay, and God's then, way of healing you. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And then the blackmailing would start. And a lot of them also are married. And their husbands are working somewhere else. Or they have families. And, you know, the blackmailing would start from there. And he would be extorting cash from them. And all of that was going on. So that was it So he was for in me. jail? Or he's got out of jail? He has gone to jail three times and it comes by in now. And out. He, yeah, wow. he's used to it. He has a huge ashram in New Zealand right now. Really? Huge acres of land. And now he's opening one in the Himalayas in India. So, <laughs> but you know, most uh, those who are in spirituality, I have noticed here as well, they're looking for the high. In what so, sense? You mean like the the like a cocaine high? Or? Yeah, they they feel the transcendental bliss and the high. But the actual path of spirituality is not that easy. That sitting down every day, meditate for hours, practice, lot of discipline. It's not easy. I've 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 I've, I've meditated. I meditate sometimes in the morning. I've never felt a sense of bliss in my entire life, and that's not what I do it for either. <laughs> I do it to keep my mind calm and, and to keep like be on the ball. I've never sat there being like, ah, I feel good. <laughs> exactly. It's, never, it's, never. A, it's a different story completely. Never. Rather, everything that is inside you piled up, they come out even more in the big thing. For me, I don't have any kind of emotional attachment to it. It's just a way for me just to completely calm my mind. It's almost like prayer to me. 
Yeah. Okay. That's how it is for me. There's there's no yeah. feeling blessed. There's no yeah. good energies. There's no light. There's none of yeah. that bullshit. To yeah. me, it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it's just a, a zone to be in the yeah, zone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see, you see around you, there's a lot of spiritual shopping going on. Mm, mm. Who's the next one in town? I have come across bizarre, bizarre definitions of meditations. The worst was uh, I meditate when I drive. Somebody told me. Okay. I meditate when I'm in shower. I like that. That's I like that. <laughs> I'm like you're doing something else. I like that. When you're in the shower. I like that. That's <laughs> I'm like please don't meditate when you're driving. I like that. I I know that there's there's some crazy people like in the Himalayas and stuff like that. And I have met them. Yeah, they're like next Because level. that was the next part of my story. That night I sat all night because So you found out about this? Yeah, I found out about and this. And how did you find out about this? Uh this girl actually we made a group of the girls we were sharing the screenshots of all the messages we were sending to everybody but how did you find out about it the first time uh the first time actually uh the girl he was blackmailing one of them he was uh, she was sending me long cryptic messages you're what like you're such a bastard uh, yeah like you. no about i'm with this man and this and that like very weird and then he would be like uh, you know i'm taking care of her don't worry i'm like okay if he is counseling her why should i get into it until one point you know your inner feeling tells you the gut tells you something and i'm like right. something is wrong and i told him you know what doesn't matter i'm going to give her a call tomorrow morning and see that evening uh he tells me uh, navana you have been very good to me but i have cheated on you and this is what has happened and this girl is blackmailing me so that's what he said that he's been blackmailed and this marriage is so important for him but when i spoke to the girl after that i know everything she was saying is true because mm. there was a lot of cross reference that i could do immediately and i did not doubt her for a second and once that was revealed more and more women came forward Mm. in the next couple of days i actually made a list of all the women he was targeting and you know sent messages to them and whatever i could do but that night the entire night i was sitting the first year like where did i fall short as a wife it is my mistake i have done something wrong and i tried i thought of every possible way i could kill myself and i'm like okay the building is not tall enough mm-hmm. that i'm going to you know jump from there there is no poison in the house there is no um, you know like i can burn myself even that was not an option so nothing worked out <laughs> seven in the morning what, packed what, my bags what did you feel it was your fault though i think it was since my childhood but you have no control whether or not he blackmails yeah, people yeah it's how you know what it's your how your subconscious mind is always working in autopilot without you realizing it since my childhood my father walked out when i was 4 and i still have the memory of it very clearly that my mom was holding the stairs you know the railing of it and she sat down and my father going down the steps and i was standing just behind her and i was told that because of you the marriage didn't work out mm. because my father was expecting a boy instead of a girl so when i was born for 3 days he didn't come to the hospital to see my mom mm. so when you are that young you know this is 0 to 7 years your the child's brain does not understand what is right or wrong true 
or lie. Okay. But they just because the analytical part of the brain is not yet developed. And why did so, he try again? If if that was like the 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 problem of not having a boy, my uncle had 11 kids until he had a boy. Like he, uh, he made it a mission. He was like, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. See, because she got married when uh, she was 17. I was born when she was 18. And my mom said that I could sense that this marriage and this man is not going in the right direction, that I did not take a risk of the second child, mm. which makes complete sense. It was smart of her mm. because then she would have ended up with two kids by herself. But you would have had a sibling at least. Whether it would be good or bad, we never know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, yeah, so I did not have a sibling. And by the age she was 20, he walked out. So there was not even enough time. And uh, in those days, divorce were not common in the society. Okay. So everyone told her, you know, if you divorce now, no one will marry your daughter when she grows up. Okay. So all these conditionings of the society and my little child brain was fed this way. So, you know, somewhere your brain just freezes mm-hmm. in that point that it is my fault. And you have to also, uh, you know, understand that such people like the one I was married to, <laughs> who are very narcissistic, right, in a way. Mm-hmm. They follow a very systematic pattern to work on your subconscious and bring you down over a period of time. Okay. Okay. First thing they will do is cut you off from your close circle. Okay. Your friends. Because every time I would be going out or having, uh, you know, communication with friends, there would be problem at home. And then the next thing you think is it's better to have peace rather than go out with anybody. So slowly and steadily, you are cut off from your friends. Okay. Then they will feed things, uh, you know, statements in a continuous banner throughout the day that you are not good enough. You're not good enough in this. You're not good enough in that. So over time, it builds up in you without you realizing it. But this is very interesting that you bring up because I think we're... I see things a little bit more different. Maybe we'll have to play the devil's advocate because it's part of okay. who I am. Um, I think my relationship as what I want with with someone is is very different in that insinuation. First of all, I, I don't if if I would get married and, and for a longer scope project, I wouldn't want to live in the city, for example. Hmm. I'd want to live outside of town. You know, there's not going to be a lot of people to yeah. begin with. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I like the idea. I, I grew up mostly in vill- in cities. And I kind of like the idea of going to a farmhouse somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. just relax, you know? And I feel like... Yeah. I feel like... Yeah, with, I totally get you. Yeah. And I feel like especially with, with friends, you know, some of them are close friends and that's great. But 90% of the people I meet, they're just looking out for themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no real yeah. relationship yeah. there. It's yeah. more like a phone call when they want like for their client a discount or something like that or yeah and we haven't seen each other in a long time let's go for a drink yeah. in the bar and then they're like oh you know I, my boyfriend cheated on me my wife did this you know what i mean you become mm-hmm. like their mm-hmm. their sponge you know yeah and, and so <laughs> yeah so when you say like cutting off like your friends and stuff like that from from that perspective that's that's the way i would see it <laughs> so i don't know Anyways, um, so you you're, you're so you see, cut you off again, for step uh, one. Again, culture to culture it differs. 
I've noticed. But even in, even when you go back home, that like how many? They're usually smaller communities. No. I do have friends, you know, like for years I've known them. Okay. Like for now, twenty years, twenty-five years. I have maybe two. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. maybe I think I'm blessed two. on that. I always have said to myself, you know, God has not given me a family, but friends. And then I see the trick is to say you only have one or two, so the people who hear it go, "Yeah, that must be me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so, yeah, so the next the thing what's happens. Sec- what's stage two? So they cut off your friend circle. Yeah. And what stage? Then two? they start uh, feeding mm-hmm. in your subconscious mind mm-hmm. in a continuous, gradual way that you are not good enough. Okay. You are not good enough in cooking. You are not good enough in sex. You are not uh, good enough uh, in doing anything. <laughs> you don't look good enough. Interesting. And then, so they keep on reinforcing that statement again and again and again and it's like a kind of hypnosis until you start believing it that this is the truth okay so did you at the time feel fortunate that you were with him then sorry did you feel fortunate at the time to be with him at the time he was the only one i had the only human being in my life mm-hmm. whom i called a family mm-hmm. a husband that's it so for me that was a big deal that i was not alone i was so scared to be by myself alone i think that's the biggest thing no what i meant is is when he was telling you and you started believing that you're not good enough not pretty enough not whatever see i did not even know that i was believing in it until the effects of it actually happened okay you know consciously you wouldn't be like oh i'm the type of person who would believe in such thing okay until you suddenly realize you look back and you're like oh it must have worked on me and how did that because manifest? that's how i acted i stayed with him for that long and that's how i questioned to my own self that where did i fall short as a wife okay because i was always overdoing i was overdoing for my mom i was overdoing for my husband i was always the overdoer Okay. You know, even with my mom throughout her life, the moment my dad walked out, I was like her husband, her parent, her everything. I was never the child. And towards the end of her life, sometimes I would get frustrated. I would be like telling her I'm not your husband. But that's what it happens. Like I would have to take the responsibility of her happiness, of her everything in life. Hmm. you know so it kind of it became a habit that i'm the one responsible for my mother's happiness i'm the one responsible for my husband's happiness if anybody is complaining it's me i'm not doing my job right hmm. so the next morning i remember i packed my bags i left and i went to the himalayas at that time okay now when i was did you tell was... you you're leaving because no i didn't okay I didn't. because you you said at the moment you knew that was khalas is when he was choking you yeah i took my i took my passport i took my uh, you know bank uh, passbook like the important documents sure and i just left because if i would tell him i was afraid that he might not let me go okay so i just left went to the himalayas now when i since i was a child my uh, family was always into spirituality mm. they were always going to the himalayas and i had heard about a guru whom my uh, family had met at that time 
and uh, there are many books written on him actually he's all over google search youtube videos and it is said that uh, he does not take birth through a human womb he's one of those yogis who just transfers the bodies like the dalai lama yeah like shed the body okay and enters another body of a young boy okay but he doesn't take birth through a human womb so his consciousness just moves from one body yes, to another yes exactly exactly and he's a spark from mahavatar baba ji okay and uh, he's roaming in the himalayas and if you are fortunate you will find him Okay. And I have heard from my mother before she passed away that people are talking that she he has already taken another body. So I'm like I have to find him. How would I find him? I didn't know. I went to the Himalayas. I'm like okay. <laughs> How now you get off the train and you're like okay, now what? You start asking Maybe around town. Stay in the hotel, you know, go in the Google search, go through Facebook posts, somewhere, you know, some devotee somewhere would write something, ask people around. I came across a post on Facebook of Leonard Orr. Okay. He um he was the founder of Breathwork, right? And he had learned breathwork from this master. and he had written there that he has uh, he's in the himalayas in a secret location and um, this is the contact number of somebody in delhi uh, if anybody is interested and you have to get permission to get there he has started to give darshan means appearance to whoever wants to meet him so i called up that number in delhi okay. introduced to my grandfather's name he recognized he called up wherever in himalayas and the message came that um, when can you come and i said right now i i'm here and how much did it cost uh not i mean cost means just for the car and the trains to, to get the there no nothing so i was like okay i'm ready to go and uh, it was the month of february i had no clue himalayas would be that cold mm. <laughs> that it is snowing i had no idea I had one sweater which was practically nothing compared to the <laughs> cold that I was about to like you know uh face went there I was still thinking in my mind are you sure this is him how are you going to find out like what if he's a fraud because you hear so much about you know fraud baba and all She's experienced from your dad and from your husband Oh uh, yeah I'm like how do I know like he's the one he's the real one or you know what's going on So I go there and I was told that nobody is allowed to be there for more than a one and a half days and each time not more than 2 to 3 people at a time and uh, that's it you don't have to give anything like monetary no donations nothing basically but we have this tradition in india like you know whenever you go to meet a guru or somewhere you take fruits with you like you should not go empty handed so I bought some fruits <laughs> and uh, went there and uh, he came in and um, i don't know what happened because this is not something i can describe in words like there is no logic behind it i never prepared anything like that i looked at him his eyes and i was so sure like 1000% sure this is not the first time i'm seeing him Mm-hmm. 
like it's it's a knowing for lifetimes like he has always been there mm-hmm. is not my first time and i bowed down and i told him everyone says i don't have father mother family from today you are my father and you are my mother mm-hmm. and he nodded i ne- i don't know how i said those words and um, he told me something that he had told my mother in a private conversation which my mother had shared with me when i was like born okay. i was born okay so it couldn't have gone out with anybody else so okay a validation if i'm looking for that was one cold reading okay yeah and um when i was born he had put a mala of lotus seeds on me on the baby you know as a blessing and uh, he was wearing the same mala and he took it off and again put it on me as if you know signs mm-hmm. these are like very subtle signs and uh, i lived there for 2 years after that holy shit doing what cleaning the temple sort of so they got free labor out of this um uh, okay i'm a man of signs go on <laughs> tell me more about this okay and it's a village in the himalayas a very remote village okay where it doesn't even show up on google map the average lifespan of every villager there is a minimum of 120 years bullshit no how, how do you that's a statement yeah, yeah. no nope. um you know, very simple way of living isn't it very interesting that all these interesting temples in the himalaya they don't allow scientific crews the ones that they allow are very specific trust me actually i realized there because obviously that was not a ashram well organized for people to come and live there it's not about ashram well organized so i had there. to live in a rented hut of another villager strangely yeah there were lot of foreigners who would be coming there you know from in the path of spirituality who's who of the world and if you believe in harry potter x men all of them exists there <laughs> i don't believe that for a second <laughs> yeah but you should not because you have to experience to believe it it's not experience to believe it i mean if i would go there i i seriously this this is a project that you've intrigued me that I, uh, i would i would work with with my university and we would go with a camera crew and we would go kick ass <laughs> and take names you could you could like, you i met people there i remember there was one russian girl he could uh, she could see people like a x-ray machine since her birth and uh, she could she could like l- see you and tell you exactly which organ of the body where is the problem and what is happening everything these are just cold reading Let's, that's like me saying you know what i sense that you're a person who likes going out but also likes to spend no, no, time no, no, by no. yourself no i'm not and, talking <laughs> in that way uh you have to be there to experience it and these villages the amazing amount of knowledge they have on herbs and plants so does my mom it's crazy they had because the nearest hospital is 3 and 1/2 hours away mm-hmm. by car mhm I mean you have to listen to this with an open mind it's not yeah, for I, everybody No I understand <laughs> but even like, for the audience I like I I I, I like these kind of discussions because these are the kind of things you don't normally hear Yeah and um like so for example So why do example, they need a hospital 
Uh, because they, uh, they don't end up in hospital. What happens, for example, they said, this is how they find out. They said there is not one plant in the Himalayas mm-hmm. that don't have a medicinal value. And for example, this is how they found out uh, the person I was living with in that my landlord of my hut. He said from one village to another. There was a marriage ceremony and they were uh, sending, what do you call, um, lamb, like cut a lamb and they were sending it for a feast. And they wrapped it up in a leaf. When they received it and they opened it, they found that all the limbs and everything, they have joined together. And that's how they realized that that leaf has the quality of joining fractures, bones. So anybody gets a fracture, they make a paste of that leaf, they put it on and it is healed. Mm -hmm. There are certain leaves, they said grass, that cuts through iron and they have actually experimented on that. There were like numerous stories and there are a lot of scientists who come there as well to take those herbs, take it out from there and try to, you know, redo it again in the lab condition. And a lot of them has failed, apparently. <laughs> it didn't work out. So they believe it is grace or the Himalayas, whatever it is. And um, they actually, last year I heard they had the first cancer in the village. And they said it's because of all the outsiders coming in right now. And if they cultivate only one crop throughout the year, Mm-hmm. They will eat only that one vegetable throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they made such amazing beans. And I asked them, you know, can I have beans one time when I went there? And they're like, no, Didi, we cannot because this year we did not harvest beans. I'm like, you harvest and then you eat? Because I was so used to, you know, go out in the shop and just buy it and make it at home. But this is the way they live, the most simple way of living, natural way of living. And I cannot tell you how delicious their lentil and rice and chapati, that simple meal is. Yeah, I mean, you're working in a, in a cold environment, cleaning with temples, like in the shack, of course. I mean, yeah, of course it's going to taste delicious. It's the only thing that's warm and out of the air. No, it's just, and they would tell me, if you even go up in higher altitude, it tastes even better over there. Mm. I'm like, wow. So I would hear like amazing stories from them. You know, there is uh, the part where uh, up to when, you know, the Indian army allows you to go. After which you are not allowed. No one is allowed to go anymore. And why not? And um, nobody knows. Apparently, and there so, is so much of mystery still. So not what happens discovered. if somebody just goes up and goes screw them? Yeah, I heard stories from them as well. And what happens then? They never and, came back. Uh, now all these things about yetis, do they exist? Do they not? They see creatures. Is, is it hallucination? Do they really exist? Who knows? Sorry, there is the, a, there's a, it's the a military just sits story. around there. Yeah, they will not allow you after that anymore in that altitude. And so what happens if you just bribe them and go up? No. They will not. And what happens if you just kill the guy and go up? Because whoever has gone there, apparently, they don't come back. Okay. And that's when the government has, you know, sealed off after that. If people can go up to, 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 to the Himalayas, not the Himalayas, what is it called? The highest mountain? Not Mount, Mount Everest. Mount Everest. <laughs> I, I, 
because see himalayan range is huge and there is so much I've, i have met yogis who are actually are 283 years old they take five to seven breaths in the entire day there is so much to learn why what i mean because see this is how it started do you want to be 200 years old if you are healthy even if you're healthy you're sitting alone up Why in a mountain not? yeah there's so much to do so much because you're not going i'm not going to lose this body i can even go further in my meditative journey sure understand that but what what's the point of sitting in this mortal pain for 200 years in an old body that's cricketed because in your perception it's mortal pain yeah and their, their perception? perception their goal is something different and what's their goal enlightenment <laughs> <laughs> you, you never asked what, what where you want to go to <laughs> or you can't say <laughs> you swore to secrecy <laughs> see what i'll say is that this is what i love about this journey is that you never get bored you know uh, yogananda paramhansa uh-huh. he, autobiography of a yogi he said that i thought that my ultimate goal is to reach the state of samadhi mm-hmm. the day i reached samadhi i realized my journey has just begun okay so there is more and more and more to it mm. until you know you take the next step you don't know what the other step is mm. i hear with that you know slowly and steadily you don't see the entire journey at one go you have to take step by step and keep moving and keep moving forward that's it see you know what i remember um this is how this st- it started um so wait 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 so 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 you you went there let's let me clear my mind here so i understand what's happening <laughs> you went there you met this guy he claims that he's he's your mo- new mom and dad you live in a shack you clean the venue you meet people with all kinds of like superpowers then you what you 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 then decide hey you know what i've had enough of of himalaya i'm going to dubai how did no, that process no happen? i thought i thought uh, i was so happy in my solitude and my recluse i thought this is it for me there's no way i'm going back to the Mortal cities and yeah this world anymore because when you are there you are like going back for what mm-hmm. is it really necessary all these air conditioned rooms with jobs and uh it felt as if everybody is in their own shackle golden silver diamond whatever and they're asking you hey come and join me as well mm-hmm. so it was just unparalleled the way of living there it's so different okay okay the beginning was hard yeah i remember the first day my very first day there i was sitting there and they brought in something to make a bed I thought it was a table. I thought they didn't have a bed mm-hmm. extra. So I said I asked the lady, you don't have a bed? He said uh, she said gaon ka charpai aise hi hota hai means like in a village this is how a bed is. Okay. Which I thought was a table. Mhm. So basically it's like hard surface, you know. There is no soft mattress, no comfort. There is no um attached bathroom. Um and uh, cold in the himalayan winter is like unimaginable and there is no heater i asked for a heater and they said what heater because it, there is so much of snowfall even the electricity wire snaps so for so why do they have electricity days we don't even have electricity but why do How they can, need electricity though hmm? why do they need electricity though uh to have light a bulb light means not like this light one bulb in the room no need 
You've got yeah. It, the, yeah. Yeah, no need. Forget it. You have window. But imagine the cold in Himalayan winter and no electricity. Mm. and it's it's very very tough even when you br- they bring the you know the bread for you the roti for you within 30 seconds it goes so cold but this is the part where i'm so interested in because you're not explaining it to a guy who's lived in a city all his life like i've i've yeah. been to the wildness yeah, my family yeah, yeah. comes from the fucking desert yeah. i've been to the desert i've slept in the desert i've hunted lizard i've hunted yeah. birds yeah. none of it is 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 a pleasant experience yeah it, it was not it was not you, you don't <laughs> sit tough. there you don't sit there in the desert and go ha ah, how relaxing life yeah. is you yeah. sit there yeah. and you go absolutely life is fucking hard yeah yeah So I don't see like it was this. no comfort, I, no physical comfort. I don't see this as a golden cage. I I, no. <laughs> I see this as shelter. <laughs> so when you're telling me like, oh, why go back? I was like, why go there? But now I can say when I live in Dubai for too long, I'm a fish out of water. I have to go back there. You're going back and forth again? I keep going back and forth every two three months. I'm there. And what do you do for two three months? How long do you stay there? I stay there now from Dubai. When I go back there, I stay there for like ten days. that's like the max i can because of my commitments here but if i don't go there i'm dead okay and so what do you do in- so there is something that i'm getting there obviously this is i never understood i never understood this the spirituality stuff because there are aborigines there's aborigines in australia there's un- nomadic people in in sub-saharan africa and in brazil yet nobody goes yeah. there and goes like ah oh. but for them they love it there you know from there the people who go to delhi and bombay you know for work um to make more money they come back they can't stay in the city for too long and i ask them why and they're like in two days the mental balance is gone in the cities so why well, so why leave the mountain at all yeah they don't they they go back again in the mountains i've never seen anybody who has sustained in the city okay after that and and they 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 sit in the mountain and then there is a addiction of nature Uh, I mean that's a very understatement addiction of nature it cannot be just nature because nature can you can find anywhere Okay I mean I, what is it Okay there so, is something so 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 I'm assuming there's multiple babas that live up this mountain not uh, just Yeah him. and they don't give I, a shit about coming in public Okay because all that you see the spirituality of india at the most you go to rishikesh haridwar very commercial there's a lot of babas with all the lot of babas lot of yoga teachers teaching you 200 hours of course and it ends there and in a way much later i realized maybe that's like the veil of india you know to go through all that population the pollution the chaos and the commercialism of the babas to find that gem which is meant only for a few who can pierce through that veil and sustain and that's such a sales pitch no it's not <laughs> it's such a sales pitch <laughs> it's not it's not it's, it, we're selling exclusivity and because uh, yeah it is exclusive yeah that's what i'm saying it is it's exclusive exactly because it's a sales pitch i i mean because when you go to the yogis right and you talk about self realization i am a soul you know what i got scolded mm. and he's like what soul have you even seen a soul mm. 
he's like the first step he was like you know you want your mind to think one way the mind goes in another way mm-hmm. because you have never created built a relation with your mind like if i don't know you and i come up to you in the street and i said hey can you give me like a thousand bucks mm-hmm. you're like hey do i know you who are you why should i give you okay but when i have a built a relation with you you will be like of course navana Mm-hmm. You probably if I've built an amazing relation with you, you won't even ask me why. Mm-hmm. You will just give it to me. He's like first built that relation with your mind. Then only your mind will take the command. Otherwise, why will your mind take the command? First is the mastery of that mind. Mm-hmm. Second comes the mastery of the life force energy. Okay. The pranas, the chi, or whatever you call that's running through you. Okay. Without which you are dead. and that mastery of life force energy which i was telling you when i've met this yogi 283 years old they take 5 to 7 breath in the entire day that they have that control of that life force energy he would tell me you know tell all of us like you know just give me an hour and he would go inside the river and we are sitting there for 2 hours and after 2 hours he will be he meditated under water for 2 hours holding his breath and he came out mm. this is like easy for them so that's the mastery of the life force energy he said once you master that then comes the soul before that you are not even qualified to talk about the soul and i am a soul <laughs> it's step by step now everybody is like you know i want to study the medicine without studying the abc mm-hmm. everybody is like you are anxious you are worried meditate you cannot meditate when you are worried Mm-hmm. you need to have a certain amount of peace in your life to be able to close your eyes so when i was doing my doctorate was effects of meditation in human mind and i was a meditation teacher first because i love to meditate 3 hours of meditation was the minimum mm-hmm. that we had to do at that time and that's when he told me don't teach people about meditation meditation is enclosed within the upper middle class and upper class of the society mm-hmm. teach people how to go beyond the daily stress the daily worries and anxieties of life that's the basic and i remember the first time i met him at that time so i was like hopeless person hopeless soul wandering around i told him that you know everyone is living for somebody so they are living for their children they are living for their old parents they are living for their husband wife i don't have anybody to live for I don't have a purpose to wake up in tomorrow morning like you know to get out of the bed when you wake up in the morning you are staring at the ceiling you're like what for why should I leave the bed what what there is nothing to do for me like I was in that hopeless state and he asked me um manushya kiske liye jeeta hai for whom do a man live for I'm like I don't know he said for his own self ask a person who doesn't have the means to get one meal of the day to what extent he will go to get that meal i agree you can't plan for tomorrow if your house is on fire i'm with you 100% and i'm with you that you you make your choices and you make your reasons for why you're alive everyone yeah. does for some it's family for some it's work for everyone with themselves right for me personally i'd like to have on my gravestone greatest podcaster ever that's for me right and if i die with that title i'm happy and if i don't eh it happens whatever <laughs> so i i get where you're coming from yeah, I, yeah. I, i i don't know i i i, I 
I don't know if 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 what I'm hearing right now. So this guy is is it, what's after the soul then? So soul is the 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 thing after you calm your mind, meditate, upper class soul. Uh, first your mind, yes. Yeah. Building the relation, you want your mind to think one way, the mind takes your command. Then comes the life force energy, understanding that, controlling that, mastering that. Mm-hmm. And that's when I think that's when uh, when you read books like, you know, the book of living and dead, mm-hmm. the Tibetan book of living and dead, or, you know, um, autobiography of a yogi, these kind of books, you see examples of many monks, many masters who could control their lifespan. So which stage are you currently in then? Where are we, where are we at here? Um, Teach this poor mortal. Who, <laughs> where, where are you at? See, this is again something that is a Himalayan a teaching is that where you are at spiritually, mm-hmm. that is never revealed like you never reveal <laughs> anybody how much is there in your bank account. Oh my God. <laughs> because this is a treasure. <laughs> The person in front of you should ever, never be able to even guess uh. where you are at. <laughs> you will not tell anybody, right? This is what uh-huh. I have in my bank account. Well, you have to tell the government. <laughs> do you always? <laughs> yeah, you do. Otherwise, you're in jail. I'm from India. <laughs> yeah? Well, if you don't, you burn black money then. That's where that happens. Well, that's your secret, right? <laughs> I'm happy to tell you. We'll share information if you want. So, perhaps the government is your guru. The perhaps the government is... Mm-hmm. Somebody up there with whom you're communicating when you're sitting for meditation. Listen, I'll Whoever share. Whoever is up there. I'll share if you share. <laughs> I'll share if you share. I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there is something, an amazing analogy somebody gave me one sadhak. Yeah. He said, you know, somebody who has no idea of fashion designing, mm-hmm. you might be carrying a super high five, you know, like a high flying brand mm-hmm. bag with you and person will have no idea what you are carrying. Hmm. But somebody who has a knowledge and experience of fashion designing will know the stitching, okay. will know the craft, okay. the workings of the bag. And we'll know exactly what worth bag you are carrying. Be that as it may, where where? So you left the the temple after how long? Did they send you out on a mission, or did you just wake up one day and said, "You know what? This is enough for me." Mm, actually, I came to Dubai. I would say um, I'm the COVID resident of Dubai okay. because I came here for one month. I used to come, uh, you know, like once in a while because I would have clients always from before in uh, Dubai. For what, so, modeling? No, no, because we I was doing spiritual science workshops, remember I was telling you. Yeah. So I am already a practitioner of like 20 different modalities. I okay. was doing a lot of past life regression, uh, inner child, uh, different, different therapies, meditation, teaching. So okay. I was into it for many years. Okay. So what's what's the difference between what you'd learn in Himalaya and this... Uh, what is it called? Past life re- regression? These are therapies. Are they separate? They are not spirituality. Okay. These are therapies. And They're so, techniques. And so when you take someone through a past life technique, I don't know what... what past life regression, regression therapy. My apologies. Yeah. Does the person remember how much of that session? 
Do they wake all up and, and be all like, I know 100 years worth or however long their lifespan was? And how far? Is it just like one generation ago or five or six or ten? See, past life can be even five minutes before is your past life. You mean you were born as a, and then died immediately as a baby? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, but I work a lot in the womb memory when you are in your mother's womb. As a baby, as a fetus. As a now or your past life? No, as a now. This, this life, we okay. don't have to go 500 years before. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> this life, when you're in your mother's womb, okay. as a fetus, okay. you absorb a lot from your mother's thought processes and emotions. Okay. And most people are not even aware of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'll give you an example. I had this one guy I met in Himalayas, he was from Canada. And uh, he had a divorce. So always and these goras that go there, but go yeah. on. What happened to him? Two divorces he had uh, in his life and both of them were very abusive, dominating wives. Like his wife was literally sit with like this with a leg on top and be like, Dennis, bring me a coffee. Mm-hmm. You know. So after the second marriage, he decided I'm going to be a monk. I'm going to the Himalayas. I'm going to be spiritual and, you know, Isn't it easy marriage is not. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Okay. So, uh, no, actually what happened, the third one and he started dating, she turned out to be lesbian, she told him. So, he had the shock of his life, he came to the Himalayas, I was like... Okay, I like how is- he, went, he went back to the world, <laughs> he was like, now I've learned it. I'm like, you know what, this is not the reason to be a monk, let's find the real reason. Okay. And when he went back, um, in his childhood, he saw that he was like three years old. And you know, he had two big sisters. And when you are like siblings, you wrestle with each other. So he was wrestling with both his sisters and they both the girls pinned him down on the floor. Sure. And the thought that passed his mind is girls are so dominating. Mm -hmm. His subconscious caught that thought and froze it in that moment. Mm. And that is the thought that he's continuing Till he's 45 years old, already went through three relationships. And so, how and that's the kind of women he's attracting in his life. And how many sessions did, he, did you go with him? One. So one session and he knew the cause immediately. Yeah. And then what was, his, what was the therapy then? He won't be attracting that energy anymore. Whoever, whatever incident person you're attracting in your life, that energy, it resonates with the energy you are at mm-hmm. the moment. Not what you want to be. So, can you read energies? Yeah, I can. Of okay. Course. I mean, I, <laughs> of course, I can. Well, like, I, I mean, I'm like, I can, of course. What do you mean? I, what do I know? I have never studied everyone this world. Can, everyone can read energies. Everyone. You, you mean energies enter, like a vibe? You know, some, even in a room where there has been a lot of fight arguments, you enter and you feel like you can slice through the air. Yeah. You feel that energy. Yeah. Because there is no there is no space between us, you okay. know? There is energy flowing between us. Okay. Called that morphogenetic field. Okay. In, the magnetic field that resonates yeah, between yeah, two individuals. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's always their energy. I'll give you another example. So this was super interesting. So this lady comes to my workshop. Okay. And with a new boyfriend, she already had a past uh, Before Himalaya, marriage. Uh, after Himalaya. No, this was... Just so I understand what, what level of knowledge when, you had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this this was in between somewhere. No, I think it was before the Himalayas. Okay. Yeah. So this lady comes in the workshop, right, uh, with her new boyfriend. And uh, 
he was a lovely guy like you know financially stable um good to have a conversation with good looking mm-hmm. everything that you would normally want in a man as a woman you know so i told her congratulations you know you he seems very nice and uh, you know what she answered she said yeah it's boring Okay. I'm like okay that's an interesting response after an abusive marriage you should be thinking this is heaven but clearly that is not the case for her so when we were doing the session she went back in her mother's womb right now during the pregnancy time her mother was going through a lot of stress and anxiety mm-hmm. now there are hardly any women who goes through a very stable and happy throughout pregnancy time most women whatever the conditions are they don't feel supported or stress or anxiety it is a roller coaster ride so what happened even before the baby is born the fetus is absorbing all that cortisol which is high because of the stress level through the amniotic fluid so when these babies are born their cortisol set point is already very high mm-hmm. so these children grown up as adults they will be always attracting challenging boss challenging spouses challenging relationships okay. anything in life has to be challenging you tell give them peace it will be boring okay so we had to rework on her cortisol set point and how did you do that that we work from the subconscious mind And how long does this process take? Mm, minimum minimum 1 and 1/2 hour, 2 hours. Okay. And I've even had does, session 3 hours. And how long does the session how long does the results then last? Forever. Forever. Yeah. And okay, I I mean yeah. again, I don't know any of this information. Yeah. Okay. Because see, the subconscious that's where the manufacturing unit is. Okay. If I tell you today that, you know, tell me about your life. You're mm-hmm. going to speak what? 1 hour, 2 hours, 3 hours? Mm-hmm. And the most your life hasn't been 3 hours. It has been all these years. Mm-hmm. Now can you actually speak for another 30 years, 40 years, 50 years about your life? Probably, you, if I really wanted to. Uh, I don't think so because you won't remember. You won't even probably remember this day 2 years ago what exactly you had for I lunch. Have a very good memory. I have an incredibly good memory. Um in spite of that, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you won't be able to remember. I don't remember people's names and faces, but I can almost remember each year and I can I can remember pieces of information I've learned. Pieces of information. I can promise you every, I can sit with you for easily not two years. Uh, every second of it. Easily, easily. So just because you know we don't remember I I can bet for myself I can vouch for myself I cannot tell you know every second of my 43 years of life mm-hmm. not possible for me but that doesn't mean that they did not happen mm. okay so many things happen in so many moments and they all become cellular impressions they're all stored in the cells mm-hmm. all they need is a trigger to come out so that's a manufacturing unit so when we go in the cellular memories and we make the tweak from there mm-hmm. your entire reality outside also changes so how does how does one how does one go through that process what they talk about whatever happened is an issue how do they even know what 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 difficulties they went through as a womb 
you just ask them a question so how do you feel like yeah because when you are going uh, you know is the, it like hypnosis what yeah. okay hypnotherapy is one way of it you enter that you cross because your conscious thinking mind is that the mind you know sitting as the gate man making all the noise mm, mm. you know the moment you bypass it and then you enter the subconscious that's the warehouse okay with everything stored in there okay. then you can access all the memories you can remember very clearly what your mother is thinking you can hear your mother you can feel her emotions so you know exactly what is you are absorbing if you're down for it we'll bring dan in and we'll go through a session yeah. maybe today maybe another time but let's let's plan it out and we can put it on camera yeah. we can hear so that's past like that's that's womb memory okay then i also go you know even beyond that okay. before you took the birth what life between life that's called lbl therapy Oh okay. Okay. And 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 people will remember that? Yeah. Yeah, you'll be surprised. Uh, and what what do they remember sound? Cellular feelings? memory. What how does um, how does it process? It comes a lot in the for it can come in telepathic memory. See, these are experiences. Yeah, okay. the these are experiences like um it's not like a movie screen that you see yourself. You are there. Mm-hmm. and you are experiencing it um now the theory behind this is that before we are born we are already making the blueprint of this life okay in the soul stage okay that i am going to go through this life because i want to learn these lessons and for that lessons i need these incidents to happen Okay, I this sounds oddly familiar. There's that there's that thing where where people talk about that but these things like the same thing will keep occurring to you until you, you learn it. Lesson. Yeah. That's yeah, the universe's yeah. way of It's like, you know, you're in a school, like you are not passing the exam again and again, you have to go through the same exam. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this this makes sense so far. Okay. So, after you're born, the law of amnesia hits and we forget everything about it. and then we start asking why is this happening to me so we go back to that stage and we find out why did you choose this way mm. why did you choose this incident this bad relationship this bad boss what happened there so we clear a lot from there then comes past life past life comes lot later So do you have to go do you have to go through room to in between life to then go through past life? Yeah. So you can't step just, by step. You can't just go, like hot wire and go straight to to past life. Most of the times no, it's not recommended. Okay. Not so it is possible just not recommended. Yeah, it's not recommended. Okay. And uh, again, is it just hypnosis or how Yes, through hypnotherapy again you can go to past life times. Um This is actually a very interesting thing that I will share with you. Sure, I'm interested why you record, can't do it. Of the record. Yeah. But um you will see how it comes out, but anyway I'll tell you because there are certain cultures in the world who do not believe in past lives, right? Mm-hmm. Christianity, Islam, <laughs> a few yeah, of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh in Hinduism a lot of past life has been talked about in um Buddhism also. Mm-hmm. Lord Buddha has talked about his past lifetime memories now this is my personal experience i'll tell you 
once during like a meditative state it happened to me and it continued for 3 days for me because i get all this bouts at times of 3 days when i can't meet anybody you know and you something happens which i cannot explain right i'm sure you understand mm-hmm. and um i could see visions like a movie okay so i'm seeing my for example a past lifetime where i'm seeing myself as a 75 year old man in uh, 1830 and then i'm seeing myself 1836 a 7 year old girl and i'm like this does not match like time wise it doesn't make sense mm. and how is that happening how can i be you know 7 year old and then 75 year old like 3 years before and that's when it hit me that maybe what we are talking about past life is not actually past but parallel lifetimes okay interesting because time is not linear Mm-hmm. and we are talking about time only in this planet earth mm-hmm. right beyond it there is no time and space we know about it okay. the concept is different even when you are going into a deep meditative state so many times you come out of it you are like okay it's been only 15 minutes but then you realize oh it's been already one and a half hour mm-hmm. or every time i do a session with my clients they come out of it i'm tell them it's 2 hours they're like you're joking i thought it's been 20 minutes mm-hmm. because they have crossed that time and space this is what we say mm-hmm. and that's why in meditation also we say you know the more you meditate you age slower mm-hmm. because your body has actually aged that 20 minutes and not 2 hours in that time okay right so, so that's how you become 200 and something years old then okay you you are somehow you know skipping okay this linear time over here so that's when i realized that what we are calling past life is actually parallel lifetimes because they are happening at the same time so and i'll give you another one example of this which is again it's it's a bit of complex kind of you know concept to understand i'm processing it so far yeah. <laughs> so multiple times it has happened to me for my own experience i'm saying i have been in a past lifetime okay first when i came to dubai here i felt very stuck last year i told you i am a covid resident of dubai so i came here for one month covid happened lockdown happened india was in a terrible state there was no way to go back so i'm like how long am i going to stay with a friend i ended up taking an apartment here and it has been one and a half years now mm-hmm. i'm living in dubai So um when I was in Dubai last year I felt very stuck. It was very difficult to adapt here. You know lack of nature. From Himalayas Dubai is a huge difference. Okay. You know I felt I'm not fit to be out in the society to talk to people. I didn't know what to do with myself. And nature has such a big influence on human mind I never had that idea until i came here mm-hmm. that lack of nature when you wake up in the morning and from my 15th floor i see stretches of sand no life force energy mm-hmm. actually that would be the wrong thing to say but i mean lack of li- life force energy people the bedouins lived in the desert all their fucking life mm-hmm. and they yeah. went back and it's forth a, and you it's know. a different kind of living it's uh Plus, it's different it's here. It's not like the desert has no life. There's there is life. You there know, is life. There's gazelles. There's wolves. Yeah. There is. There is life, but as, as I said, lizards. The lush abundance of nature in the greenery. Mm. 
the kind of life force energy it infuses in you it's very different than in a desert mm. desert gives you different characteristics different strengths mm. and um, i felt very stuck here for some time and when i went in my subconscious mind i saw a um, part of me mm-hmm. stuck in a you know what do you call it in english it was inside a well when i looked inside the well she was stuck in there the mud that pulls you in that you Squid cannot be, yeah no it's a mud it's like a slimy thing that you cannot even swim across you can't move mm-hmm. swamp uh, yeah kind of it slowly pulls you down okay. but you cannot move Forward. to any direction okay okay so i see myself like that okay and um, you know the kind of how i saw myself was like um, you see in horror movies those spirits mm-hmm. and when i'm talking to this girl and i'm telling her try to make it towards the wall get the support move out there is there are you know your guides to help you this girl was absolutely without any faith he's she's like what light what guides they don't even exist i've been stuck here forever okay you know and that was such a stark contradiction <coughs> to who i believe i am because i am everyday meditating you know to a certain extent yeah in the path of spirituality faith is such a big thing for years for me and there is one part of me who has absolutely no faith no belief in god connection divinity angels light nothing stuck in that mud the mm. swamp and when that girl was released finally through the sessions that feeling in me being stuck it went away my work started moving project started moving everything started moving mm-hmm. and that's not just one episode it has happened many times where i have seen in a past lifetime i'm stuck somewhere which in way we can say fragment of the soul mm-hmm. and once you complete that heal that and reunite with it kind of liberate it you know a lot in your life changes over here Okay. These are all like a few metaphor. questions. One is how do you know that it's a past life and not that you're that you're seeing that you're seeing it through your ancestry? Because no, ancestors whole, are different. There's a whole That's a that's a different therapy again. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. yeah. In its own right, right? Yeah. Totally. Totally. Okay. Okay. And you you feel that there the emotional concept with the imagination of being stuck in a well or mud or whatever else the moment that blockage is released that has a return effect that you see in reality right that's what you're explaining so far yeah yeah okay i'm trying to process yeah, yeah, it the yeah. best no, i can you're making sense <laughs> it is it I'm, is like a return effect yeah 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 i'm a cold heart machine that's how i yeah, am yeah because so. Uh, there's so much so much in the universe you know we still we have to learn mm-hmm. to explore I, I don't know if keep exploring uh, yeah that's that's it listen i i i'm i i don't i don't have a god complex i i don't believe there are again talking about god that's another interesting thing that Bef- before we go into, one experience before we go into into god where what where does where does it end 
spirituality in the sense, do you believe in magic? Do you believe in witches? Do you believe in Yeti? Do you believe in... in I'm not trying to be silly. I'm, I'm trying to understand... See, anything that we don't understand by logic mm -hmm. becomes a magic. Okay. Okay. So you do think that witches are real in, in witchcraft practice or is that... Is that not real? I, I I don't know. For me, like I don't know the difference. Uh, it depends on your perception. Okay. Whether you call a witch or a master. Whatever you don't understand, it's unknown. It creates the fear within us. Because right? most babas are are men. All of them are men, right? Actually, no. Uh, the most babas who are projected in the society and acclaimed and given recognition by the society are men. But for example, in Hinduism scriptures, if you go, you know, uh, look into the history, there are a lot of women sadhus okay. who were like masters in those days. Okay. And uh, during the Vedic times, they would have, uh, you know, debate with the men scholars on Vedas Okay. at the same time. Because the Vedas are mostly written for men. Yoga practice is meant no, for no, men. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. It, it specifies in the Vedas the no. yoga is for men. No, absolutely, absolutely not. We will disagree on Which this. Vedas did you read? Which one? Uh, I had five or six different scholars from on the podcast that are yogis, and they all say roughly the same thing. I would because not agree with them at all. How, I mean, how big is that yoga book? It's that huge one that's existing. See, Vedas, first of all, uh, there are four Vedas, yes. right? We all know about. And uh, there are certain yogic practices that women are not allowed to do because of the biology of the women. Exactly. That's exactly what they said yeah, as well. They said exactly. That, that women, because they go through a menstrual cycle, therefore they're weak. Yes. Five days a month. The reproductive system, how the biology of a woman is. There are certain Hatha Yoga practices that women are not allowed to do. Exactly. But that's a very small part of yoga. Okay. Right? The Hatha Yoga. Okay. And the wisdom... No one has a monopoly of it. Because in Sanskrit, when they said putra, okay. the word putra, originally it meant both sons and daughters. Okay. Over time, they made putra means son and putri means daughter. Okay. So, and they made it a ritual that only son can do the cremation for the father, the funeral rites, women cannot do it. But originally, it was not that way. Only we could go back in time. And <laughs> yeah. Only if we could go back in time. <laughs> and ask them exactly. Hey, guys. Yeah. Can you make it a little bit more clear? <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, See, that's know. why they say that history is his story. Mm -hmm. History is an art and not a science. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. So, okay. So, so, so. Most of the most of the guys that you find in the Himalayan mountains and stuff like that, that's all men as well. Monasteries. There are men. No, no, there are women. There are women monks as well. Really? Yes. Yes. Less two days back also, I was watching one Tibetan monastery on um, YouTube documentary. Okay. There's a monastery just full of women, uh, women monks. Okay. So in Himalayas also there are, there are women. Aren't they called nuns usually? Well, in Buddhism, they don't call nuns. Nuns in Christianity yeah. word, so they are monks as well. In Hinduism, we call sadhu and sadhvi. Sadhvi is the word for it. Interesting. Women. So they're there as well. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because see, for women also, in a way, devotion comes very easily. It does? Yeah. Then men. 
I'm not. I don't know. I think women fall quicker in love and quicker out of love. For men, it takes a lot longer to fall See, in love. See, uh, in a way, fall out of love. First of all, everyone has that male energy, female energy, right? Yeah. There are some women you will find also the male energy is higher, and there are some men also you will find the female energy is higher. Mm. So in that way, if we are saying men or women biologically or energetically, mm. that also makes a difference. No, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's. I think it's. Society today has has put a very big emphasis of women being masculine, masculinized, right? Whether it be by clothing, yeah. culture, yeah. expectations in society, you know. I, yeah, I, I hear all the time, like like toughen up, girls. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You have you noticed one thing? See, the female energy is all about nurturance, nourishment. Otherwise, they gone. will not be able to have a baby in yeah. the first case. You know that's how nature has made them. But lately, I don't know if you have noticed, but a lot of my clients that I get, friends around that I see, lot of women have problems with reproductive system, mm. giving birth mm. at the first go. There are more cases of miscarriages mm. and, uh, you know, PCODs. A lot of that is happening. I, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I think, but I would take it even a, a step further. I think there's a lot of women who who got sold the lie, in that, especially girls in their in their mid thirties. Yeah, they're starting to to wake up and realize they're they don't finding any guys their age. Yeah, right. Because a guy who's in his mid thirties isn't going to date a thirty year old. He's going to date a twenty seven, twenty six year old. Yeah, he wants he wants to capture youth. Yeah, right, and. I th- a lot of women as well, I think, have, and worst of all, I think they got sold the lie of not needing a family. You don't have to have kids. Mm. You don't have to uh, partake. You don't yeah. have to have a, a, a family or, or or that knit connection. You can just have your friends. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I see it. I see it with my mom's friends. This poor, this poor lady. She's she's in her seventies. Most of her friends are gone. Mm. She never had a family. Yeah. Never wanted kids. Yeah. And now she wakes up at 10 o'clock, goes and cooks some lunch and then goes yeah. back to bed again. And uh, I asked her about it and she just like starts crying in tears and saying, uh-huh, I'm totally yeah. alone. You yeah. know, I've, I've got nobody. And if I didn't have like my godchildren, you know, like mm-hmm, being a godmother. Mm-hmm. And of course, most of them have left and they don't have that close connection. I see her once a year. Yeah. <clears throat> it's difficult. It is. It is. And and she really regrets it. She really wishes she could go back in time and and have could have been started a family. And she, she every time I talk to her, and you know what I think, people don't prepare at all for that time to come. Everybody takes it for granted. Yes, it happens. Old age happens. Death happens. But it will happen to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody actually integrates that. I have that conversation with my mom, and she she talks about it how how she, how in the end of the day I'm her I, me and my brother are her support system. Yeah. You know when when she gets to the stage where she can't take care of herself anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's who you're left with, and she's she's really terrified of the idea yeah. of going to a retirement home. You know, and she, she's really terrified and she made me swear that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that we take yeah. care of her yeah 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 i i totally agree with her and one shouldn't have to go through that you'd think so but a lot of people are 
they see this is this is the thing um you asked me right where am i at um every day when i sit for my sadhana mhm i'm preparing for that last moment of my life mhm okay that is my goal okay how i will leave this body okay and do you want to switch to another body or do you like hey you know what i'm out um, i would like to continue what i'm doing to sharpen it more and more and for that if it requires another body then i'll have to come back to another body because i'm already making so many debts with other people as well that i have to finish off again the story never ends i thought when my mom passed away you know i learned a big lesson i thought that is it but it's never it I the think, story never ends. I think you can cut your karmic ties while still being in the mortal lane and, and You can. You can if you don't have any unresolved issues exactly. anymore. I, But uh, if you do it carries on the story. I agree. But I mean this is the decision you have to make. Do you go be a baba in a mountain and and cut off your karmic ties and and follow But that But see path? even above the mountain you don't cut off karmic ties. <laughs> I think <laughs> if you, if 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 physically you, make, you might I think even emotionally and you mentally know, like getting a divorce so many people get divorce but in their mind do they actually get the divorce no yeah but if they <laughs> process it then that's it yeah but how many have been able to process it fully because we are humans we have emotions sometimes you need a little help from outside I I've always seen from both my consciousness all the way to my body as being a total machine. I've never looked at it from from an emotional perspective. Uh neither do I have it nor do I want it nor do I feel it. But I'll tell you what these people who think that you know make your decisions by your head than your heart, I'm more logical than emotional. No, that I disagree with. The basis of reasoning is emotions. and uh, there was a very interesting experiment that was done on it antonio dumasio mm. uh, he did it and those uh, participants he took whose emotional center of the brain was damaged mm. they could not make a decision whether to have chicken or fish for dinner mm. so even the basis of reasoning is your emotions the end point of logic is illogic i i agree with you on that statement and and, and decisions are and here we are not talking internally. about you and me we are talking about talking about the entire population i said you were trying to be insulting <laughs> <laughs> you know because the whole advertising world is running on it no i agree we, with you i i mean everything sex violence sells right and that's what they portray in advertisement in order to get you to purchase something yeah Uh, I mean if we are doing too much of meditation and we are reaching that contentment and fulfillment then this entire capitalist world is not going to work. <laughs> well that's true. That's that's very true. But so I, it, I can I can tell you from from my own personal I I I wake up smiling. I wake up more happy than I could ever be. I get to meet people such as yourself. Because you're a gypsy and that's the best life. <laughs> no, I'm a gypsy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think my family comes from gypsies. You are like a monk. The monks go from jungle to jungle. You're also going like that. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh no, I I've never felt attached to a single place. I don't care. 
that's how you are you are the gypsy exactly. you are a monk in your own space i suppose so yeah yeah <laughs> a monk of science i like but that. then you cannot put your standard with other people who are out there no i agree <laughs> i i think everyone has to live their truth and live their life not everyone processes things yeah. the same way yeah I agree with i call them a snoozer you know some people with the first alarm they wake up and some people keep on putting it on another snoozer and another snoozer and a lot of people are like that yeah i i never understood this this concept of of like having regret i've never felt it i've never yeah. gone through it i've never every decision i've made in my personally in my life i've never looked back on it and went yeah. oh i wish i could have done i was like no because you've done it exactly you're yeah. proud and you own up to it yeah. and you move from it right but there's so many people who live in that box you know because your parents tell you in a certain way you get straight a's in school and your life will be successful mm. and then your society tells you in certain way see this person's son is your neighbor's son is doing this so you should study this and become this mm. so there is always they are living up to someone else's standard someone else's dreams all the time never had that many of many people have never that. had that I I've I've I remember as as being a child looking at the kind of life people were living and being like nope. I never cared yeah. about other people's success. I've never seen someone like doing something better yeah. than what I do and then go, "Oh, I wish." No. Yeah. I've never tried to compete with anyone. It's it's so bizarre. I yeah, don't I, yeah. I, like when you're telling me these stories about people having their wives control their lives or having um a, a girl who who's trying to get who's in a good relationship but just wants to be mishandled yeah. and being a bad relationship these to me are it's like we're speaking See, different the, languages yeah but these are different uh, you know aspects of psychology as well because mm. a lot of times people know that this is not good for them but they keep on repeating the same pattern again and again i've tons of clients like that mm. because it's like a you know security blanket for them you know it is bad but you know what comes next which is predictable and which is safe than to take that leap and you don't know what's out there for you interesting interesting and so so how does that come into to to what your basis point is so do you own a practice here in the UAE or Dubai no i practice in india as well i have clients in london as well so all over so yeah. what's the situation you were trying to start an institute were you teaching people no i don't have time for institute okay but yeah i'm working a lot with the youth right now and uh, with a lot of you know university kids college kids because now you can see you know when we were kids things were much more predictable table mm -hmm. we would look up to the adults and be like what to do they would tell us this is how life works okay but now even us as adults we don't know what is there tomorrow and all this uh, especially when i went for my first tedx um, talk this year in uh, university in india there were 4500 students i remember that you mentioned this in linkedin yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the tedx i was i was really touched to me truly i was like you know these are good kids are there 4500 jobs out there mm -hmm. you know i want to do something for them so uh, yeah so i'm now making you know 18 to 24 years old uh, emotional mastery for young entrepreneurs mm -hmm. emotional mastery for students different different courses and uh, yeah working on that okay so you then i have my clients also who come for personal sessions so That's it. So, okay, let me let me try to define this correctly. And your personal sessions for your clients 
what are usually the kind of clientele, what kind of things do they want to resolve? Is it mm. marriage? Uh, Anything from relationship, marriage, uh, parents, children, um, you know, relationship. Um, no, I even got clients who came and asked me, can you help me murder my husband? Impressive. I'm like, no, <laughs> not there yet. <laughs> But yeah, so that uh, abundance issues, money the- issues, you will be surprised. Even money issues like uh, this gentleman came to me in India. He had an issue every time he would earn 100,000 rupees. Somehow the money will not stay with him. Some emergency will happen. Something, the cash will just flow out. And it has been happening to him for years. Hmm. So did a session. He went back to his childhood when he was a little boy. And his father came back home one night overjoyed. And his parents are celebrating together, he sees, because his father has made 100,000 rupees. And his subconscious mind took it, froze it. 100,000 rupees is the ultimate goal. And that's a huge thing to celebrate. Okay. When he came out of it, he realized 100,000 rupees in today's times is nothing. In those times, it was a big deal. And that is what every time he reached 100,000, his brain just stops there. His mind puts a, you know, wall over there. This is it. Done. Okay. You are, you know, you have made the maximum. So again, he had to redefine, he had to work, you know, reframe the whole concept of it, abundance and crossed it. And now what? He's earning 200,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, more than that. He's, that block is gone, you mm. know, that every time 100,000 happens and everything goes away. Mm. That block is gone. So anything in life, you wouldn't even imagine, right? That such a small conversation between parents can affect your life in such a way later. Mm. There's that saying in Buddhism, right? Kill your teachers, kill your parents, kill your God. So, <laughs> yeah. I- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually sometimes think, what if somebody, a, a baby is born and they are not taught anything? They are. They're called... Um, what do you think will happen? They're called animal children. They take characteristics of animals. It's fascinating. There's a, There was a whole book about them. Um, I forgot there, there's a specific t- yeah? ne- name for them. Yeah. It's a book published by 18... Like if they're not told what is right, what is wrong, uh, no, you know, children no children abandoned norms. in the forest. Not forest, I'm saying like, you know. But they're they're barren in forest and they take animal characteristics. There's there's wolf children, monkey children. There's there's a mm. whole like mm. book about it. Mm. It's fascinating. Like if people, if they're not taught about what I'm saying is the norms of the society. Mm. That this is good, this is bad, marriage is required, uh, you know, this is what your duties are. But Simply being a human, mm. what, would, what it would be like. No, I, I, we go through a process of evolution, not just biologically, but also psychically. And culturally, we attack other cultures. And the best yeah. culture that survives dominates, you know. And if the Western culture... In, in the early se- uh, 17 to 1900 wasn't the best culture. It would have not been able to conquer India. It would have not been able to conquer uh, uh, Asia all the way uh, uh, to Japan, right? And if the Mongolian society wasn't the most powerful society in, in the culture, it would not have been able to conquer all the way to Turkey. And the same with the Ottoman Empire and the same with the Roman Empire. 
That's how nature is. One it it's, goes in cycles. It's cyclical. Up and down. It's cyclical, and there are there are culture. This is the problem with a lot of people who who have this identity of retaining culture, like mm. you know, that's it's not beneficial to to the community. So either you adapt and you move forward and you evolve, or you die. And there's an interesting concept, and a lot of people don't want mm. to, like mm-hmm, you said, mm-hmm. move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Retain <laughs> what is beneficial, what is good, what makes sense. Don't worry about it. I think take But adapt. Home. Because you know, we were talking about this one thing like um from hundreds of years till now, everything has changed. Financial system has changed, administration system has changed, our way of living has changed. But the marriage concept hasn't changed. Do you do you want to know something that's really crazy? I just recently learned about your your total life expectancy hasn't changed in almost 5000 years the 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 amount of age that a human being can achieve mm-hmm. between 5000 years and today has not changed at all just mm-hmm. the your 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 medium life expectancy meaning when is your average death has just increased mm-hmm. so people back then could have been yeah. 100 like they can be today 100 so biologically speaking from 5000 years it has and it makes total sense what you're saying because in ayurveda mm. uh it is always said that uh, you are born not with the number of years but number of breaths mm. so mm. again that life force energy sure. the more the more stressful life you have you can see with your emotions your pattern of breathing changes when you are angry it's shallow breathing mm. when you are more meditative you are calm it's longer inhalation exhalation mm. So why do the why do the all these like babas uh, and all this they all smoke like uh, these pipes and whatever else? Yeah, yeah. For what? Uh we had the conversation about this as well about you know shamans and yogis of mm. India. And um, they don't smoke pipes in in Tibet? Yeah, as well. As yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. They do. Um I can tell you yes from my experience what I've seen when you do smoke certain herbs what you are sitting with your spine straight for 3 mm. hours you can sit at a stretch for 7 hours interesting okay because your energy movement the main medium channel is your spine mhm and their ultimate goal to smoke that the yogis and the monks is to enter the void in shunyata interesting because you see smoking in in all cultures you find them aborigines in australia yeah. you find yeah. them in africa in in untouched yeah. civilization for whatever reason smoking yeah. and humans have yeah. even the shamans use it to enter different dimensions mm and what do they do in those dimensions they just look around that was my uh, that was the question my guru had asked me because i wanted to go to peru and you know okay. try ayahuasca i wanted permission from him and uh, he said oh, but why do you want to go in that dimension i said no for curiosity Check to experience out. to see and he said uh, if you are at home and suddenly some people from outside street enters and said oh just for curiosity i came in would you like it i said no and he said exactly the shamans go in because they have a purpose to get something out of there what purpose do you have mm. say and hello meet up <laughs> sit down have a coffee <laughs> it 
it won't be welcoming for them apparently there's there's a well, there's a whole other kind of like like thing where people talk about what are they called dreamscapes and dreamwalkers and all this kind of stuff yeah yeah where, I, i do that uh, quite a lot actually okay so that's its own thing or is that that's, similar uh, yeah because uh, that's something in your dream when you are completely aware that you are in dream mm-hmm. you are visiting somewhere doing some work and you have a time frame by which you have to come back in mm-hmm. the body and can you so how does that process is it like do you exit the the body and you go somewhere for every night when you are sleeping you are exiting the body okay except the difference between death and sleep is that the cord is still there mm-hmm. when you are sleeping and with that cord you are coming back to the body when you are death or uh, i mean dead that cord is gone it's cut off so you will have no option to come back to the body anymore okay and what do you do what you just like float out where do you go mm, yeah yeah you go to different dimensions you do your work over there okay and then you come back yeah i i had uh, <clears throat> i think i had a lot of intense experience on this after my mom passed away mm. because i was very attached to her because obviously in the last few years of her life it was just me and her the attachment was super strong so when she left the body mm-hmm. i think at one point i was even scared to go to sleep because the moment i would close my eyes i would be traveling with her in different dimensions she was going through and um, and they were not nice trust me it's not always what we see near death experience you know that uh, there is a tunnel and white light and beautiful angels and beings <laughs> waiting for you it's not like that at all mm. there are god knows how many thousands and you know millions of dimensions out there mm. and uh, one thing that came to me at that point was that i started thinking is there any way one can escape hell mm-hmm. after crossing over isn't that the, with the buddha with the with the with the what is it buddha sent down a spider with a single with a single string uh, tell me that story it, i from what i remember it was about a guy who did who, who karmically only did one thing good which was to sa- save a spider at one mm-hmm. point so buddha yeah. let down mm-hmm. a spider and and it was a single string that that yeah. reached out yeah. and he climbed and the moment he tried to kick people off the string the yeah. string snapped so that's how the story yeah. that i remember it going you know uh, i realized at that point that as long as there is one iota of hell in your mind Mm. there will be hell after life as well interesting because your mind is creating everything after you leave this body there is no physical body anymore to ground you here mm. it's only the mind body at that time mm. so everything you are thinking everything you are feeling is 1000 times more than what you're experiencing here and i could mm. see my mom uh, when she left with a lot of bitterness or rage anger within her a lot of people do yeah a lot of people do and there were dimensions she was in where there were volcanic eruptions hmm. and everybody discovered with black ash and it was it hell was high. horrible it it is hell in a way it is hell that is hell and i realized those were like projections of her anger hmm. interesting interesting 
So see, these are uh, none of this. I can scientifically prove it, but these are all my own experiences. No, I mean, listen, science can only go so far, and uh, I don't know about these things. They are creations of our mind, yes. But science is a human tool, and it's our and way of perceiving the universe. See, science is always proving what already exists. So maybe few years from now, somebody will prove this, and it will become a science maybe, as well. Maybe who knows? Who knows? I, I it's it's these things are hard questions to answer, and I don't know where what the ability of the human mind is, whether or not the soul exists, what are implications of it are in a larger perspective. Well, for example, when I do past life regressions with a lot of my clients, you know, when they come out, they're like, "How did you know Nirvana at this point?" I was there because you asked exactly that question to me. Mm. I can see what they see. Mm. Now, this is not something I can teach anybody. Mm. And what do you see when you see me? <laughs> <laughs> I said you're a gypsy. Yeah. You're a monk in your own space. I, so there are very few people who will be able to relate to you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is very much cold reading. <laughs> I love that. Take it, take it. I could have said that you know you are uh, you are amazing to you know. You're an you're interesting um... person. You're honestly. I, I listen. I choose people based on if I find them interesting and whether or not I can cognitively and mentally somehow. But do you have a sister? I do have a sister. Yeah, because every time I look at you, I see. <laughs> A uh, sister, you know, um, whom you care about, affectionate, mm-hmm. a lot about, mm-hmm. and she has a lot of influence energetically in your life. I have. I see my sister once a year. Close though. No, but she has a lot of energetical influence in your life. I don't think so. I've, I've, I'm not that close with, sadly, with the family. Yeah. I love maybe my sister. It, maybe it is just the physical, you know, circumstances that you don't see her. I on a daily a basis but uh, no but i didn't see your brother i just see your sister well sister you know you, you share a bond with and with brother it's always a little bit you know brother or sister you know you have to take care of her so of course yeah there's there's so that some some bonding some connection between no of course two. well you know for, especially in our culture the males have to take care of the female this is I think this is very common in India. Mm, this is very mm-hmm, common in the Middle East. Mm. This is very common almost everywhere. Yeah. So there's a lot of pers- per- protectiveness, protectiveness yeah. about it. And if anything happened to my dad, God forbid, you know, my sister's pretty young. It would obviously no, no, no. But it's not. Protective. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but it's not the protectiveness that I'm seeing. Okay, what are you seeing? Yeah. Love. Yeah, hate. I see the energy coming from and her to you. From her to me? Oh, yeah. that's yeah. sweet. And from me to her, zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <it's> Sorry, Alia. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a long term bonding of you know beyond this lifetime. So that's sweet. I mean, I I love her. See, some souls in our life they're they're all relations. Some souls are more newer relations. Some are more older relations. Yeah, and so you think me and my sister have an older relationship? Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'll I'll introduce you to her someday. Um, she is she is fanatically obsessed about me, which is very sweet. Yeah. Um, but you know, she's twelve years old. Yeah, because she's always sending out those good wishes, thoughts that that uh, that warm energy. She I, sends I mean, you. bless her heart. I mean, she she's very competitive, hmm. and um, I think she asked my dad at one point, you know, who's smarter. Uh, Hamad or me that's so cute <laughs> exactly <laughs> and um, um, uh, she can't do without you either it's so sweet yeah. yeah so so my dad said of course you Alia and she was of course you know 
happy and excited and stuff like that. So sweet. That's so cute. Mm. Yeah, she she uh, she used to ask me how old I was, and I'd always mm. lie to her, and I'd be like, I'm six hundred and thirty, because okay for her, like it, it how how it happened, right? Um, I we were asking like around the table, like how old is you know Baba? Yeah. How old is Mama? How old is yeah, this? Yeah. She would be like, Dad is like I don't know whatever age. Mom is whatever age. Ahmed is six hundred and something years old. So from then, yeah. Whenever she asks me how old I am, I always just take that number and add an additional year. <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah, so I, I I will never tell you how old mm. I am, Aluya, till the day you die. <laughs> yeah. What about you? You said yeah. you have no siblings. You only have friends. Yeah. Yeah. Who are only you particularly friends. close with? See, my friends. When I talk to them, it's never a ten-minute conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> because everybody is like quite deep friends. Yeah. And uh, so there's not one person I can say like this is only the the only friend. Mm. And all my friends are pretty much in the same. Like our conversations are weird for other people. So what what are your conversations in general like? How was your meditation today? Uh, there is one friend who's very close to me now. Uh, he comes from a South Indian family. You know, we, he was a priest in a temple for like thirteen years, eating Fuck one yeah. time a day. Okay. And he said, since he was born, like you know. They're a Vedic family, so he said. Any time I would say something, my father would be like, "Back it up with a shloka from Veda. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, don't open your mouth." So he will talk to you after every two sentences. He will give a Veda shloka. Okay. <laughs> Which in the beginning was amazing, and later I'm like, "Oh man, please stop it!" <laughs> like you know, my ears are bleeding. But um, yeah, so I have a friend like that. I have a friend. Um, a lot of them are like you know in their fifties, sixties. Mm. They're in spirituality, you know. Some of them are psychics. Some. What is what? What is a psychic? Yeah, they just look at you and tell you about things from past, your future. Uh-huh. So, like how you told me that me and my sister. Ever no, this um, yeah, that was just like a. I'm get, uh, getting a vision. Vision of your sister, like behind on. The right of me. Or the yeah, left of the me. right side behind your head. I got your right, my left. So here. this side, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ghoulish and evil? No, not at all. Not at all. A lot of warmth, a lot of love coming from there to you. So. That's very sweet. Wherever you are, Alia. <laughs> so yeah, so her energy is with you all the time, anyway. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, so so they can do what? They can move objects with with their mind. Yeah, I have friends. No, like that they too, cannot. That's so boring, anyway. What do you mean that's so boring? Yeah, like. Now you practice. There are schools for that. You practice three hours a day, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Yeah, I can do something better." Three hours a day, I can meditate. So uh, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me you're not interested in in having like, let's say, that bottle of water come to you? Wouldn't no. that make your life so no. much more convenient? Nah, I'll have a maid to do that. Nah. Yeah. Turn your page on your book. See, uh, levitate. You, you, you have you noticed, like you know, years before, whenever these monks and all they used to meditate and all, their goal was enlightenment or you know self realization, whatever. And all these powers and clairvoyance and moving objects, whatever, mm. they were all byproducts. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I've talked to I've talked to a Baba who said exactly yeah. the same thing as you you said. Yeah. And that people who's practicing the goal, who's practicing goal is to achieve yeah. those powers will never achieve those yeah, powers. Yeah, they just come because anyway. it's the wrong intent. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nowadays, people come to me and they're like, you know, uh, they ask me clairvoyance workshop. 
and i'm like you don't need to do a workshop to become clairvoyant mm. keep working on yourself the more empty you are the more clear you are you will become clear point automatically <laughs> like that i like that i like that i like or you know kundalini yeah, energy yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm like you don't need to go to a workshop kundalini for any person at some point of their life one lifetime or other it will rise i can give you a better metaphor your glass your glass your glass your closed glass the more smoke you let out the, exactly. the clearer it is there exactly, you go exactly exactly somebody who does no meditation no spirituality no gyan but just simply lives a simple life mm. pure emotions natural living their kundalini will automatically rise at some point mm. rather when you go to these workshops it's dangerous mm. because you know we have got 72000 channels in the body so okay 72000 subtle yeah, yeah, channels yeah, yeah. in I the body what, what, what so when you are yeah. going to this kundalini workshop you are not prepared you haven't done your homework you are letting that energy rise it is rising but you don't know which channel it is going into mm-hmm. and when these subtle nerves these channels they tear they break in the physical body we are immediately not understanding the effect of it mm-hmm. but in the long run in the mental body it will affect you like you see so many people doing headstands mm-hmm. right through this channels not just the blood your emotions are also flowing mm-hmm. you are not following a certain discipline in your day to day life oh that's interesting okay all those emotions if let's say you have a lot of issues with anger or lust or greed you haven't worked upon it those emotions are straight running to your head as well interesting so you're you're excavating the issue then yep so this is what you're talking about where 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 people practice the yoga exercises without the religious or 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 too many people yeah aspect to it and so they they have a lot of movement of the emotion but not the release of the emotion they too many people are piggybacking on yoga mm. they have made yoga like gymnastics mm. <laughs> but the essence of yoga is gone so so what is the difference between someone who's practicing yoga correctly and incorrectly do they have do they there is a lot of danger in practicing it incorrectly because you are working with your life force energy without which you are dead without uh, a manipulation of it in the wrong way you will have diseases in the body you can't play with life force energy it's not a child's game so do you do you believe that people can steal life force energy Or people can, can steal life force energy and give life force energy yes that's yes, what, because that's energy is always flowing between okay. each other and most of the people what we say in today's world energy vampires right okay <laughs> they are not connected vertically so they are taking horizontally all the time have you met people like that all the time interesting now you are meditating right yes even without meditation some people can be connected vertically yes from that source yes but if you are totally cut off here yes but you still need energy where will you get it from from here here this person that person so interesting that you say from up to here because I, some yogis express that the energy comes from the feet up right especially the chinese and all all that the love. earth energy the earth energy yeah. yeah they they claim it it has nothing to do upwards it comes from the soil and they practice this that's the earth energy yeah where they should about. walk without shoes and you should stand on grass yeah and and all this kind of stuff there I, is water energy earth energy fire energy okay and this is different than chi cosmic energy there are five elements 
I feel like we're looking at a map and there's pictures of <laughs> different aspects, yeah. but I don't see the connection yet of, of how like the five yeah. energies work with the uh, whatever chai or chi. See, this is, uh, I wrote in my book, right? In that emotional mastery hmm. that uh, everybody has a certain predominant energy mm-hmm. in you. We all have fire energy, water energy. And I'm guessing yours is fire. Not at all. What is yours? I'm a total water. Energy. You're a total water. Okay, yeah. because you're wearing red and red. No, no, no. I'm a and total red water. And red. <laughs> okay. I'm a total water person. Okay. Okay. Now, every energy has a certain emotion predominant in them. Uh huh. Hmm. For example, me being a water element more. Okay. Predominant emotion is fear. Okay. That's what I'm more susceptible to fear of the unknown. So fear motivates Somebody, you. Some sorry. Sorry, fear motivates you then. No, fear is what will pull me down. That's the first energy in in a stress situation. That's the first emotion that will hit me. Okay. Fear. Okay. I'll get fearful. Okay. Now somebody who's of more fire energy, yeah. the first emotion that will hit them is panic. Okay. Somebody who's an earth element, the first emotion that will hit them is worry. Okay. So every element has a certain predominating emotion associated with them. So how can you tell what energy you are? Can you, sorry, what, what, what force you are? Earth, water? There is a certain questionnaire, which, uh, you know, if you fill that up, okay. I've given it in the book, you can easily find which element you are predominantly. But for example, a fire person is a kind of person who wants always wants to be in the center stage, center okay. of attention. Their life goal is joy. Wherever they will find joy, they will move. You might find a fire person and he's so full of life. They're the bubbly kind of person. You'll be like, he's my best friend. And the next moment he will be hurt because they're gone to somewhere else just because they think they have found joy somewhere else. Okay. That's a fire person. Okay. Water is more, they're the more in the deep philosophies of life. They make the writers and the poet and musicians. They will look at a painting and they will think for a long time, what is it behind the mind and the imagination of the painter? They're the water person. They're they're adaptable. They're always flowing, moving. Mm. Earth is somebody, they are very nurturing people. They cannot do anything by themselves. They are always like, let's do it together. Mm-hmm. You will find such people, you know, you ask them to walk alone. They will never be able to. They will like, let's do it together. We are a team. Okay. A fire person will always say, you do it. I command, I give the orders. Okay. Okay. Water person will be, let's go with the flow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Somebody uh, who is a wood person okay okay wood person the main emotion is anger in a stretch situation they will be the first one to explode they love structure discipline organization more military authoritative kind everything is black and white in life okay so there are different elements different characteristics personalities and each element has a particular emotion attached to it and each emotion has a particular organ attached to it so what about mutated elements like ice lightning no all that other stuff because in china they've got all this other they have it but predominantly again subdivisions can go but the main divisions these are the main yeah they 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 have like i because it has also something to do with with yin and yang 
and there is there is a lot of study but uh, in a brief way like for example if you are feeling a lot of anger and you gulp it down ank you know because i'm not supposed to be angry where does it go liver is the organ that stores it every organ is a house for a certain emotion okay. fear normally affects the kidneys somebody who has a kidney issue you will find if you go back in his life stories uh, there will be a lot of situations of fear insecurity mm. for them uh too much panic for fire people it affects their heart more mm. easily so every organ is loyal to a certain emotion as well over the years when you keep suppressing suppressing and storing them finally it will have a somatic result physical symptom in the body this is a lot of information i'm trying to process this is okay so liver disorder any time it's because of lot of emotions of anger feeling life is not fair okay. that rage mm yeah finally you end up with it, a liver not functioning it's been properly very long since the last time i've been angry so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i, I <laughs> because i find that a lot in people really? nowadays anger liver yeah liver issues no um no it's interesting it's interesting so what what was it f- you you had the kidney issues i'm guessing from the fear uh i do have uh, i um, you know a lot of issues with the reproductive organs water element of the body yes mm interesting it's uh, there grief lungs issue my mother had lungs fibrosis mm. so she did go through a lot of grief in her life mm. from the separation from her husband um from her brother not getting the kind of treatment she would have wanted yeah hmm and your book came about for what reason you just felt like hey you know what i have to publish a book or uh, no i um, almost 6 years back at that time my guru had told me in future this girl is going to write a book and which like, guru what? was this me in the no, himalayas wait, wait, this was in the himalayas yeah he because you said, met a lot of gurus <laughs> in the himalayas yeah, i remember my guru saying that you know in future she will be writing a book i'm like what book like it was beyond my imagination okay. i did not even think that in 100 years i'll write a book and you are you planning on writing a second book yeah yeah so you enjoyed the process or you i love writing now Okay. If somebody would tell me just write for one year like shut your door all day and just write I will keep on writing. Okay. I love writing. Okay. And is that Remember I'm the water element. I, They make the writers. Listen, I I I musicians and yeah. poets. <laughs> hey, look, this is all it's like you're speaking French to me. I'm just <laughs> You know earth element you ask them to sit all day in one place they will not move. It's so easy for them. Because earth is solid, stable. Mm. you know they can just sit in one place they are good meditators in that way I, I'll, i'll have to after this after this episode i'll buy your book and i'll do the questionnaire <laughs> and I'll, i'll text you i'll do whatsapp you yeah. what, what it's what interesting actually is. yeah it's interesting uh so can you see people's chakra as well um see the concept of chakras that we have again is very distorted and misinformation is going on a lot okay but um, yes chakras energy centers they still they do exist so what, we can't see them in with physical eyes but okay. they are there 
Is it, it was okay, wait? Okay. You have to do a lot of meditation to be able to actually feel them and get the vision of them. Okay, so, so what is this then, Danny? What's it called when people are able to see what kind of color you're giving off? Aura reading. Aura reading. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, what's that? See, first of all, again, a lot of misinformation because your aura does not have just one color, okay. and your aura changes colors throughout the day at different times. Okay. So what is my how can you tell what my aura is? Do you look, people explain it to me saying you watch between the edges of the skin and that's how somehow you're able to do have it. Have you ever been able to do that? I have way? never been in my life, nor have no, I ever no, wanted to. No. <laughs> it doesn't work that, yes, it does with practice. Okay. Certain training, you can, but. The, can you read that? I find aura? it very futile. <laughs> Hello there. Hi. And you know, another thing I'll tell you, it's very interesting. This Western way of, um, what do I call it? Self-realization, whatever. Mm. The West believes that uh, we are carrying a lot of baggage okay. as a human being. Do therapies, one therapy after another. Keep shedding. The more you shed, the more lighter you become. And once you are lighter, you are ready for Float that up. spiritual, you know, self-realization. Okay. The East... When you look at China, Japan, India, they have a very different way of looking at it. Yes. They say, you do your own thing. Mm. You keep on meditating. You keep on doing your chanting or whatever you have been taught. Your spiritual practice, whatever is not required, it will shed off by itself. Well, you mentioned this earlier in the show, right? That people almost go shop for spirituality and that they, yeah. they look around and see... Yeah. What works and what's seasonal and, you know, yeah. everyone's doing this yeah. and so yeah. I'll do this. Yeah. I saw on Instagram lately what um, sadhu yoga. I don't know what that is. In one of the centers, yeah. Sadhu yoga, walking on nails. Okay. Is that popular again? It's very popular in Dubai right now. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> uh, isn't that the same as people who can walk on like uh, fire or whatever it's called? But why do you even need to walk on fire? I'm not impressed by it. I'm just <laughs> yeah, saying that I people mean, are doing it. Honestly, like, uh, because you need to show somebody something. Get some validation. <laughs> talk about it. Okay. So uh, Why? I okay, mean, we're, 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 what is the need? I think simplicity is so underrated right now. Okay, we're, we're, we're branching off in, 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 yeah. in different things. Yeah, again. yeah, I know. What, what's, what's, let's, let's figure out the aura thing because I feel like that's a lot of people look that up and want to understand that stuff. How, how does it, does it work with the fire elements and elements or does it work with your chi? No, or? everyone has an aura. Okay. Irrespective of what element you are. It's your energy. Okay. That uh, is, uh, you are radiating your magnetic field. Okay, but just that in a visual a spectrum. Yeah, okay. in a visual spectrum. You cannot see it with physical eyes. Okay, it's something you, that you feel? Some people can see the colors. Okay. But not everybody. Some people can feel it. Those who are more kinesthetic, they will be able to feel it. Okay. There is aura scanning that we practice also. Is that what the thing is where they do like that? To we can scan the aura of a person, is, how long it is stretching, how does it feel, is it thorny or is it smooth, okay. is it sticky, <laughs> there are trainings is, for that, is, those who are into healing. The, isn't that like Tai Chi? No, that's something else where they do like Yeah, in Tai Chi healing. also they are, yeah, they are, they are doing the energy, they're feeling the energy, they're working with the energy, they're, they're controlling, mastering the energy, movement of it. 
Yeah. Okay, and that's that's something very different than than what they teach in Himalaya, or is that the same? Or see, I uh, the root of all of it is the same. Okay. It's mastering the energy. Okay, and then just the practice of that energy is then different. Yeah. And how, and how all the names have been <clears throat> given later. Okay. Right, I mean those the the one the master who started Reiki he did not give the name Reiki he meditated. Okay. Energy started flowing. Okay. Later his followers gave the name Reiki. Okay. People ask me, do you do pranic healing? Do you do Reiki? I'm like none of it. <laughs> you do your own thing. Because from my experience, when you are ready, the energy just. Starts flowing through you. It's a huge expanse of energy, right? Mm -hmm. You want a pink straw or a blue straw or a green straw and call it Reiki, pranic healing, quantum healing, blue healing, red healing, whatever you want to. Quantum. But everybody, I like that. that's some great marketing right there. Everybody <laughs> using <laughs> a different colored straw mm -hmm. to pull from the same source of energy. It's as simple as that. Oh, okay. And when you are ready, the energy will start flowing through you. You don't need to go to a class for that. So do you, okay, so do you practice also in healing classes as well? Or do you focus mostly no. on the emotional? No, spectrum? I do therapy, which are certain techniques. Yeah. I do not do healing. I do not call myself a healer. Okay. <laughs> because I'm no one to heal anybody. Okay. I'm just a facilitator. But you're, you heal people emotionally though. I don't do any healing. They heal themselves. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> you just show them the path. Yeah, I just follow a certain technique. I tell them step by step, do this. Okay. I just kind of follow, the, you know, hold their hand. Okay. And that's all I do. Hey, Danny. So we were discussing uh, earlier in the show that we're going to go through a past life experience and uh, you're going to be the, the guinea pig in this. <laughs> With my permission. <laughs> We'll put it, it's content, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> He's worried now. <laughs> Where he will go. Yeah. We, we, we'll find out whether, who you were. Maybe you were like. Uh, but honestly, you need to go to a very good therapist because I'll tell you a lot of, you know, backfire can happen if yeah. it is not a proper well, we'll do it with therapist. You. We'll do it with you if you're up for it. <laughs> yeah. See, well, we don't do it today, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do it. We'll, we'll do another episode. Exactly. There is no risk. See? There is no risk. We don't me. need to do Akashi because we know he's a dog anyway. So. The, the <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what he will come across. Uh, when Dr. Mansoor comes, ask him. He did one regression session with me. Oh, yeah? And he was a non-believer. Yeah? And then what? Now Obviously, he's... because he's quite into his religion. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, ask him for his experience. Well, Buddhism it and was, religion have nothing to do with each other. It was funny. It was funny. Because in Buddhism, it even says it's not a religion in the end of the day. It is not. Yeah. It is not. Religion is man-made. Spirituality and religion is different. I agree with that. I mean, Buddha. Yeah. B b I mean, in 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 with Genghis Khan allowed people to practice Islam and any other religion. Yeah. And he was. Yeah. I mean, I don't care about religion, but whoever has made a connection, I'm I'm interested. Hmm. Hmm. Whichever way. Hmm. And whoever has made the connection after a certain extent, they just go in silence. They just go in silence? After reaching that state, nobody has ever documented what it's like. 
no one has documented what it's like. Can you explain that a little bit better for me? After reaching Samadhi, the Samadhi. state. Oh, okay. And they just float away? Nobody has explained in words after that. Maybe because it is beyond words anyway. Mm. So. What about, I, mean, I know that some Buddhists practice meditation to mummify themselves. Have you heard of this? Yes, in Tibet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is and that, there are tons of caves like that in Tibet. And uh, I know there are cultures in Tibet where it is natural for them, in Bhutan mm -hmm. as well. It is natural for them, householders, common men, that uh, after a certain age, they go into these caves. They are like rooms inside the caves. And uh, first, uh, you know, element by element, they start the mastery. So first, uh, they meditate. They're from the family only. They give them food. Then they let go of the food, which means when they have mastery of the earth element. Hmm. After that, they let go of water, which is the mastery of water element. After that, they go into the samadhi. No more breath. But they are not dead. And there are tons of them mummified. But they are not dead. That's impressive. Yeah. And they, they like... How does that work? Like, do, do they just go to their family and to their children and to their, their, to their, to their, to their wife and be like, listen, yeah. I'm, I'm done now. It's, I'm it's, out. Uh, yeah, it's common for them. It's a natural process of life for them. And they're not sad. They're just. No, it's again our, our uh, perception because our expectation of life is different mm -hmm. for them. That is even in Hinduism, we had that before mm -hmm. that towards the end, uh, you know, Banaprastha. That there are four stages of life, mm -hmm. Brahmacharya and then Garhasa. Brahmacharya is when you're a student. Then starts Garhasta, that you must experience being a householder, having a family. Then comes Vanaprastha, when you leave the society and then you enter the forest, you live a simple life, you're getting ready. And then comes Sannyas at the end, when you become a monk before you leave the body. Mm. I, this this reminds me of Henry David Thoreau. Uh, I went to the woods to see what it had to teach and not to go when I'm dying to learn I have yet not lived. So it is mm. it is interesting that this these practices you yeah. find them again and again and again recurring in different. But cultures. you have to experience everything in life mm. because if you don't experience, for example, the life of a family household, um, that age later that will pull you back again. When you are trying to be by yourself but in I solitude. These monasteries, these guys, these babas, they don't have families. And sometimes I even want a wife. They just sit there and meditate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well. So do they, then, see, do they have uh, to then go through that again? Yeah, some of them, uh, see, we take it like it's not just one lifetime that you are meditating. Okay. You are doing this for lifetimes. Okay. And certain times what they have to leave the body because the physical body cannot support you any longer. And they continue the work in the next lifetime. They're like, wherever I've left off, I'll start again the same point in next lifetime. They've reached that state that they have control over so much. Uh. And uh, they won't go in a family or anything. They will go straight into it after they're born. So is this different than the concept of, of the six, six worlds where, you know, there's heaven, hell, earth, animal, and you have to go through each cycle? Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is totally different. See, I mean, um, <laughs> I I will say I have uh, clients who have regressed in lifetimes in, um, you know, 
in animal Sumatra, in the animal called. kingdom yeah it's called Sumatra or something like that some 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 something sam yeah yeah yeah, yeah. some samsara samsara it's it's like the idea of going from yeah you go from different to different like from the animal um the first human birth you take is more of the tribals because yeah. they are the nearest yeah, to the yeah, animal yeah, yeah. kin and And then the goal is to exit the Samara. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're stuck in the But you have a certain cycle. lifespan for that as well. Okay. Because if the soul doesn't reach by that time, you're again thrown back thrown in the back bottom. Thrown back when? Back to zero. Yeah, nature gives you a certain time. Okay. So if you are a soul who is never learning, ever learning, the Shastras say that it, nature again puts you back. And so... In the same... Again, you start. What happens if you exit it cycle. then? you should be exit exiting yeah oh no what happens when you exit does that then you just roam around you do whatever if i, I had the answer i would write a book on it okay. i let me exit first okay <laughs> i'm just fascinated but that's what i'm saying those who have reached a certain stage after that there are no more words hmm. they haven't written or said anything hmm because also in our limiting consciousness we will only understand how much there's something we can. there's yes and yes 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 there are some some babas that believe that they cannot talk too much yes because it will yes. be detrimental yes and even uh, we are always told that uh, don't give everything to everyone see the capacity yeah. and then give there there's i remember yeah. something you there there you don't want to give them a diarrhea yeah well there's that and i remember and also you know like a 2 year old if they say that oh i want to read a phd book it doesn't work so we have to allow ourselves the time also mm. through our own journey we will learn and there are some monasteries that say that it takes them 4 years to go between entry and exit but that's a whole other thing i think see uh, even a lot of people that say you do i like asking you like you know all the you answers know, I, on this you, <laughs> See, because I experiment a lot. Yeah. I work on it myself and then only I can tell. Of course. And uh, there are a lot of people who say a uh, hundred thousand, uh, if you do this mantra, this mm. will happen. It doesn't work that way. Mm. It can happen for somebody, you know, for ten um, thousand and for one million also, it may not work for you. Mm. Do you have a mantra, Danny? Do you have a mantra, Danny? Oh man, you don't know anything. <laughs> You're going to be stuck in that cycle for life. Oh, no. You're never going to be able to exit the Samantha. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 chant. <laughs> What's yours? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I mentioned earlier uh, uh, that that you bleed purple. That's what I like. <laughs> we'll dis- we'll agree to disagree. Yeah, so. Yeah. Wonderful. So 